0: Welcome to Founders and Friends with Scott Orn at Cruise Consulting. And before we get to an awesome podcast with Jaron Paul of Capshare, I have a couple reminders. First of all, this podcast is brought to you by Cruise Consulting, the best startup accounting firm in the world. I would say, uh, we have 160 clients, we do taxes, we do monthly accounting, we help with payroll, we help with expenses, we do everything a startup needs. And again, we've been doing it for a while. We have 160 clients. And so if someone you know is a startup founder or just a little overwhelmed at their startup and needs a little help, tell them to give us a call. Uh, additionally, this podcast is brought to you by Expensify. It's our favorite tool for expense management. We put every client on Expensify. And basically what it does is it allows you to upload all your receipts, keep track of everything, and most importantly, document your receipts and your reimbursements. The IRS really, really cares that startups document all this stuff and that they can trace it all. Uh, So very important tool. Vanessa was actually quoted in the New York Times talking about it, and we're huge fans of Expensify, so please check it out. There's a cool little uh, link on our page uh, at cruiseconsulting.com, and you can get a, I think it's a 20% discount. Uh, So check that out. So that's about it. Oh, one other thing. I just wanted to call your attention to the new Cruise Consulting. Uh, tax prep calculator basically answers the question how much does it cost to get up a startup tax return we actually have a handy little calculator there vanessa built it and we basically can tell you exactly what's going to cost for your startup tax return right that minute Uh, so if you're shopping around trying to figure out how much it's going to cost for your startup's taxes check out the tax calculator at cruiseconsulting.com all right now on to an awesome podcast with jaron Welcome to Founders of Friends Podcast with Scott Orn at Cruise Consulting, and my very special guest is Jaren Paul from Capshare. Welcome, Jaren.
1: Hey, how are you doing, Scott? It's good to be I'm here. I'm doing
0: great. It's a beautiful day in San Francisco, and thank you for You didn't come out just to record the podcast.
1: That's, that's true. You, we, we can say that, though, anyway.
0: <laughs> yes. Well, everyone, the audience knows now <laughs> that, that Jaren, who's based in Utah, came out to record the Founders of
1: Friends Podcast, which that's is right.
0: quite an honor. Thank you. Um, can you tell the audience kind of a little bit about yourself and a little bit about CapShare?
1: Sure. Yeah. Why don't I kind of start with, uh, you know, a little bit of the founder story. So yeah, I've, I've been doing stuff kind of touching private companies for a long time. Um, you know, I guess, Capshare was really spun out of a 409A valuation firm that I had started previously and sold. Oh. Um, So, yeah, I started and and sold a company um, several years back now. I want to say like eight years ago is when I started it. Um, And then uh, I had previously worked in venture capital as well. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Okay. What did you work for? It's called Signal Peak Ventures. It's one of the larger venture capital firms based out of the kind of Mountain West area. So, we did invest in. In Utah, Denver, you know, kind of Colorado area, yeah. um, and then Arizona a little bit. There's actually kind of a little bit of a tech hub in, in Utah. Oh, yeah, Oh, kind of. There's yeah. a lot of big tech hub. But there's yeah. a
0: lot of good... And actually, my I have a friend um, named Gavin from business school who's an yeah. early stage investor out there. Gavin Christensen? <laughs> yeah. Uh, who is
1: actually an investor in Capture. Oh, sweet. So there you well, go. Tell him I said hi. Nice <laughs> <laughs> he's a good dude. He is a good dude. Yeah, he's a great guy. There's,
0: and there's a ton of good companies in Utah. There's also a lot of like... I'm seeing a lot of companies do their second headquarters or second location. Yes, we see a lot Utah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you know cost advantage, highly trained and very skilled workforce there, um, but still significant kind of housing price advantage yes, and yes. and some other benefits. And and you know, I mean if you're an outdoorsy person, Kind of an awesome place to live, too. Totally. Yeah. So.
0: And, you're, and we were joking before turning the mics on. Very good basketball team in Utah. Yes, we And I uh, will meet our very good basketball team in the Bay Area soon. So, yes, excited about true. that.
1: that Maybe just a slight, slight odds in, in your favor. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we'll, we'll we have Steph you. Curry. We have Steph Curry. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so, okay, so so based in Utah and, yes. and, and you already had a 49A firm and then yes. you saw the need for CapShare?
1: Yeah. Uh, I actually had kind of seen it uh, at at probably at, at uh, signal peak ventures mm. uh even maybe even more you know as a as a vc i just kind of you know a i was in i was a saas vc you know so kind of studied that space and, um you know, we would see every time I wanted to get a cap table i'd i I'd, I'd ask the entrepreneurs and and some entrepreneurs were amazing, you know, as I don't know that being uh being good at giving you, your vCS what they want from an administrative perspective correlates at all with like your likelihood of success because some of the ones that we could never get a cap table from were some of our best investors but. Uh, totally they just like <laughs> I mean, they don't best, care uh, and they're not going to respond okay. to you yeah, They just totally. don't care. they're yeah. so busy uh, right uh, yeah. Um, maybe it inversely correlates, <laughs> but, but yeah. So, I mean, we were constantly asking for, Hey, cap tables and what we would get, the, the typical response was, um, okay, our law firm has that. And then we would talk to the law firm and they say, yeah, well give us a couple weeks because the company has a bunch of the information that we need. Like they've granted several stock options. We think we don't know. Yeah. No one knew. And so it would be this kind of two week process of rounding up all the data then the law firm or the, the company, usually the company actually by that time would be like, well, we want a copy of our cap table too. And so they would get the copy of the cap table. Then they would forward it to us in Excel. And no and one was sure if it
0: was the right one. No one was yeah, sure. Yeah.
1: And, and, you know, generally for a VC's purposes at that time, you know, the cap table could be kind of plus or minus within 5%. It wasn't the end of the world if yeah. it wasn't like an exit. But it just, it just begged the question of like, why on earth are we still facing this problem you know in in at that time called like 2010 ish you know and uh even a little bit later and and, and no one's kind of centralized this as a saAS plan yeah. so that was really the genesis of capture yeah. that's amazing and so you you sold the foreign evaluation company and uh-huh. then just did you start right spun on? this out we yeah. we, had, we had been working on this so one of the things about uh, starting a foreign evaluation firm that's pretty awesome with regards to then starting <laughs> starting a captive management company is I mean, we were doing... I mean, honestly, we we did over 2,000 valuations. Everyone, you have to model out their cap table. You yeah. have to model out the liquidation preferences. You have to model out how they work with each other. It's it's kind of complicated math. For sure. Which, again, because made Because of the
0: preferences me, and things like
1: yeah, that. Yeah. Which, again, made me kind of think... Again, like this is a great place for some software because crunching those numbers can be done on the fly. So Capture really started with a big emphasis on scenario planning tools and the ability to model out new rounds of funding and to understand how all that would actually impact an entrepreneur's returns can and you, their Can you VCs. talk about
0: that a little bit more? Because I think yeah. there's so many subtleties, but like, what are some of the things that come into play and how could that affect an entrepreneur?
1: Absolutely. Um, my goodness, there's so many things that come into play. Um, but, but at the end of the day... The basic concept is, and, and we actually have, we've we blogged a little bit about this in the past, that the, we, we call it accounting ownership versus economic ownership. You know, your, your accounting ownership, what you actually own as a percentage of shares in the company, especially for entrepreneurs, does not equal big equal with a big you know slash sign through it what you're actually going to get paid in every case and so and that if you just kind of wrap your head around that concept for 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 even for beginning entrepreneurs it's like well wait i own 20 percent of the company doesn't that mean if we sell for 10 million i get two million bucks not always true right um there's these things called preferences which I'm sure your your you know your readership or listenership yeah super so familiar it, with explain it real fast okay but yeah, yeah like preferences are just uh, you know investors have have basically a right to get a certain amount of money out before common shareholders typically participate in any proceeds in a sale and so what that means is that they will often you know that the, if under a certain exit value, um, the the ownership that you have as a percentage of shares will not necessarily match and will actually be less than the, you know, the, what you actually get paid will be less than what you actually own as yeah. a, kind of an accounting ownership figure.
0: I, I always think of it as like a lo- like a venture capital investment is actually a loan unless you have a really nice exit yes. because they can elect to get the money back first they out can. of all the proceeds. That's mm. the preference part. So mm-hmm. if, if a venture capitalist gives you $5 million, if the if the X is not big enough, they'll say, I'll just take my five million back. Yes. And then the entrepreneur gets what and the and the other common get whatever's yes. left over.
1: You know, it's a great way of thinking about yeah. it, Scott, honestly, because I think a lot of I do think a lot of entrepreneurs don't think that oh, way. Yeah. And then they get a little shocked or a little surprised. I mean, it's it's not a loan in the sense that if you have a loan, that money would come out even first, even before yeah. your investors got their money up. But for all intents and purposes, I love that you brought that yeah. up because It is like that. And uh, for certain low exit values, it will feel that way. And so you you need to make sure you understand that. And that probably
0: the scenario modeling you're doing is like, okay, they've already taken 5 million and they want to take another 10. That's right. What does that do? How big does the exit have to be for the entrepreneur actually any money out of this. It's got to certainly be bigger than 10 million or 15 million. Right. And maybe it's got to be bigger than like 50 million, depending on the terms and things like that. That's right. Mm -hmm. So you guys do all that stuff. We do all that stuff. Oh my gosh. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah. And it's really cool because as you issue shares on the platform or as you just track your equity, as you're, you're kind of using the system, that's all going on in the background. So, I mean, it's part of the save process. When you save a security or a new issuance or you, you, you send some shares off to someone on the background, all that math's just being done for you. So the next time you bring up the screen, wow. then, yeah, that shows you your waterfall analysis. It'll just kind of show you exactly what what you're like. That
0: for. waterfall analysis is so valuable because it, uh, there's so many people who just don't even know what what they're going to get of it. And I, we were talking before I went on the mic. Uh, I used to work at Lighthouse Capital. We were a warrant holder. Yes. And so a lot of time we're like a very early, we would be an early stage warrant holder, and like the company would take like three or four rounds of funding after we had done something with them. And so now like ten years later we see a company get acquired and we're like, wow, I wonder what's going to, we have no idea if we're going to make money or not, you know? And, and, but being able to see his waterfall charts would be so, and especially if you're an entrepreneur and you're slaving away every day, working your ass off, you want to know kind of where you stand.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. So
0: how does it work? Like do people, they sign up for maybe walk them through the flow because yeah, I, sure. I
1: intuitively kind of understand, but I yeah think it'd we, be we kind of have two big onboarding paths um, which, which well maybe maybe a few more than that, but there 's kind of two primary use cases, I guess you could say one is it 's a, a kind of a driving a compliance issue, so a lot of times people will need to get a four hundred nine a evaluation we 've partnered with uh, firms that are independent. Um, which means that we, we don't have a financial interest in them other than the relationship that we're you know, working on at that time yeah. to, to kind of introduce them. Often there will be some kind of a compliance need. It'll say, hey, we, we need a 409A valuation or something like that. That will be an impetus to kind of come and see what we offer at CapShare. Um, or frankly, the the second one, which is probably the more frequent of the two for us anyway. And I know for some of our competitors, it might be a little different, but, um, which is, Hey, we just are so sick of Excel, um, (laughs) or, or name or name your other, you know, again, I I won't, I won't cast, um, I won't cast any, uh, stones at any competitors, but sometimes it is a competitive product where they're just kind of like, Hey, the product is the product that they're currently using, which is very frequently Excel, um, to manage their stock is just driving yeah. them crazy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so they, they're looking for something, by the way, people get a four nine a valuation yes. to price their common stock options. That's correct. Just so people know, like when if you work at a startup and you're signing up mm-hmm. and they say you're going to get 10,000 options, whatever that means, right? right. You go to the, the, what actually happens on the background is management kind of, kind of once a year or once every fundraising We'll get a valuation called a 409 A valuation. That's right. And they will price out what a uh, what the common stock option price, the fair market value of that is. That's right. And as long as the company issues the the option at that price, there's no kind of accounting compensation charges or any weird kind of math or and the IRS is happy. Yep. So that's why companies do this. So yeah. they get the 409 A so they can issue options.
1: And then of course they need to track options. Yep. And that's why they use Cap Share. That's right. Yeah. Yep. So we kind of just facilitate the, both pieces of that, yeah. both the, Hey, Hey, I'm issuing stock options and it, it, it they're kind of like hand in hand, just like you mentioned. I mean, yeah. as soon as you're issuing stock options, you're going to get some kind of a question about, well, what should the strike price be? And then the answer is unfortunately for entrepreneurs. And I have tons of sympathy here. I mean, honestly, the answer is you need to go through some crazy arcane exercise to set these, set the value of these options. And And we can, we can make fun of it. And I think we rightly should in a lot of ways, but at the, at the, on the other end of the, I guess, on the other side of that coin, it's a compliance problem. And when you're dealing with the IRS, you honestly just don't, in my opinion, you just don't want to mess around. And so, you know, you've got to find a way to reliably and, and I guess, defensively set that strike price. Even though, if you ask me as like a, a just even a level-headed and person and trying to be as intellectually honest as I can, um, to be honest with you, uh, no one knows what the, the value of an early-stage company is. You, ever, you can kind of come up with a very, very broad range in which you might be able to assign some confidence interval yeah. between like zero and 50 million or some <laughs> massive range. But, you know, the IRS, that's not good enough for the IRS. You actually yeah. have to come up with a point estimate value of the company at the point in time that you're issuing stock. And, you know, we could go, I could bore you with like tons of history of why the IRS did this and why it probably wasn't even, it was a very unintended consequence that it kind of hurt startups but at the end of the day again my personal philosophy around this is if you're going to do it do it right there are enough options out there that are so crazy and expensive of which i think we're the least expensive option which is a great thing to to tout although we've again we've partnered with um, with firms that are amazing in this space that do an incredibly good job. Yeah. And I think um, you
0: and yeah. I, Cruise Consulting and CapShare share a partner, and that's how yes. we actually met. That's so right. We, and it's, it's uh, Trent from Greener Equities. Yes. It's we always say they're like the Cruise Consulting of 409A valuations. Yes. So love them. They do a fantastic job, and we do the same thing. But I think what I tell people what, the reason what they're really buying with the 409A is literally a piece of paper that can show the IRS to say that they did this ethically. They did this the right way and they did it through an accredited firm. Right. And that's all you're really doing. And yeah, no one should ever rely on these numbers to like, sell their
1: company or yes. value
0: it. It's just purely like a compliance issue,
1: like you said. I'm really glad you glad you brought that up, yeah. Scott, because I mean we see that too. Even, especially for the younger entrepreneurs, and by younger I mean maybe just kind of uh, less experienced entrepreneurs. A lot of times they'll say, Hey, well is this going to affect our venture round price? <laughs> and is this going to affect like yeah. what if someone came in and offered us offered to buy us tomorrow and you just valued our company at two million bucks and we think it's worth ten, you I know? know, like so it, the answer is like no and no, right? It it's it's this will not affect your value, uh, for for a venture capitalist or for a potential acquirer. Most of the time everybody understands that the four hundred nine A exercise is you know, I, I value, an external firm's best guess at picking some point estimate, which is incredibly difficult to do, among a very large range yeah. of potential options. And it's also valuation. It's
0: designed to be conservative.
1: It because, is designed to be because conservative because anytime you're dealing
0: with anything with taxes and the IRS and mm-hmm. things like that, you want to have a very conservative number so that they feel comfortable. That's absolutely you know? right. So I, I to, I'm totally with you. Yeah. When we were we were talking, I was I, I've been fascinated by the development of like of your market because. We were talking before I turned on the mic that, like, 10 years ago when I was a Lighthouse, lawyers would just always dominate the cap table. Yes. Like, no one could touch a, a, a cap table but a lawyer. Yes. But now it feels like the market's loosened up quite a bit, and cap share is just out
1: there, like, taking tons of market share. Yes. How did
0: you – How'd you pitch this to lawyers? Yeah. How'd you get them to like you? Yeah. What 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 happened there?
1: Yeah, and I mean, th- thanks for the question. You're so you're so kind. I mean, we're, we're we're not we're not the only competitor out there making a difference, but um, I think we're a big one. You're and, doing uh, really well. Yes, yeah, we, we thank we, you. We can see? Yeah, yeah thank you. Um, we've certainly <clears throat> grown our client base enormously over the past couple of years. Well, it is crazy, Scott, because I mean, rewind three years ago, and the conversation with with law firms and even with companies was every time we talked to them, it was. I do this in Excel. Like, why would I need you? (laughs) And I mean, that was a very, very common, like, very common. I would say that was kind of half the time or more the response. Now it's kind of like, yeah, everybody's doing this, yeah. you know, let's let's just jump on. And so I, th- I think it's a bit more of a, hey, what's going to be the right fit for us in terms of a vendor that works here? Um, what's the right, right price point? How much can I afford? You know, so some of the earliest stage companies, even I will still say, hey, if you, if you can do it in Excel, that's great. Now, one thing I would highlight on the Capture platform, and maybe we'll talk about this a little bit later, but... Capture is a freemium product. Yeah, so, I love that. Yeah, so, so, that was must have been a conscious strategy, right? Conscious strategy, very much. You know, because um, so so under twenty shareholders are free. Um, and and our idea is we get you on, and we're absolutely. I'm just going to own it right now. We absolutely want you to get hooked on the juice, and <laughs> you love it, and then you don't want to leave. The, the good news for you, and I think something that might give you a little bit of comfort is getting your data out of capture. We we kind of take the old Salesforce mantra from like a decade ago or eight years ago. You know, it's, it's your data is your data. And so you, you can export it with a click of a button. We're we're not, we actually offer a a monthly pricing option. We don't even lock you in for a year unless you want to get a slight discount to do that. Um, Which means you could leave. I mean, you could literally pay capture, you know, 20 bucks, a hundred bucks, whatever your monthly fee is, a couple hundred bucks and then, you know, leave the month, next month. If we're yep. not, if we're not doing our jobs, then we're not winning your business consistently. And we've found our churn rates to be honestly market leading. So we, we don't have wow. any issues there.
0: Is that just because like the software is so good or the service is so good or what, what's kind of your secret sauce?
1: Of course. I mean, it's, it's because All we're amazing. <laughs> no, um, no, the most handsome and <laughs> yeah, charming. Yeah, that, that's yeah. that's it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I, send a picture with every new client to get a picture of me. So, um, no, like, uh, uh, but I think, honestly, um, I, I, I do attribute a lot of it to the fact that the equity data, equity data is kind of sticky. So, I mean, once once you've gotten a lot of this stuff modeled, you, you just kind of don't want to go do it again on a yeah. different system. Yeah. And so it's kind of a pain that way. And so it is a lot that I'll do, I do think our product is, is great and is getting better all the time. And I did want to answer one other question yeah, just going back to the – before we leave that uh, little strand untied there – um, in terms of, you know, the market changing, I just wanted to finish that out oh, yeah, and say, yeah. you know, I think that, that law firms early on as well were very uh, – were much more guarded around around this data. And I think some of it was – I think some of it was very good and some of it was probably just an overabundance of caution um, and some of it maybe was less good. Uh, you know, the, the overabundance of caution was kind of, hey – You know, everything we do as an early stage lawyer generally ends up affecting the cap table. So if you're out running your own cap table or managing your own cap table, then it's entirely likely that you're going to do something that we're not aware of that actually could... Jack up your cap table, totally. really mess up your cap table totally. and and maybe even your your legal agreements. And so that's the piece that we're very like sympathetic to at CapShare. And we get it. And we we want to partner with law firms, work with them as much as 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 the company wants to and, yeah. and or we can. But on the other hand, I think there was also a, a general reticence or just a general, I guess, reluctance, maybe a better word, to to kind of jump into some new technology that wasn't proven and tested. And I think that that now, three years later, that whole resistance is completely gone. So, yeah. you know, we, I, I met with five law firms over the last couple of days or even more. And every single one of them is like, yep, we're seeing this all the time. We're really interested and would love to talk to you and, and you know, include you on, on the list of yeah. options. So, yeah, and I I think on the uh, reluctance side, another thing about CapShare that I would highlight is we are very, very, we're a very flexible system. It's super easy to get onboarded with us. It's like a three-day process for us. It's 100 bucks, and, um, you you know, we basically we guarantee that you will be onboarded within five wow. no more than five days that's awesome yeah which is awesome are you
0: guys having to input a lot of data like because people upload like their shareholder agreements yes. right and then you have to like read that and get it in correctly and everything y-
1: yes but we got that down to a total oh. you know it's like it's like a model t factory in there i mean we've got that down to a science do you, you like
0: optically read the agreement we have to and...
1: optically read your amended and restated certificate of incorporation until that's like structured data which is not yeah so you really read it yeah
0: I meant like optical recognition software, no, thing. I, you know. When you a have human being stuff, has to read it.
1: Yeah, a okay. human reads it. A human reads it. Um, we, we built a bulk upload tool that makes the um, makes basically transitioning off of Excel like super seamless. That's oh, why wow. we can do it so fast. Um, so really the only major human interaction where a human actually has to take unstructured data and put it into structured data is generally... Um, that amended and restated certificate of incorporation, but we we also like that. I mean, I'm a, you know I think all of us are in equal measure scared out of our minds about artificial intelligence and also you know super excited More about it, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, we're, we're a software company, so we we want to automate as much as we can. That's kind of what. We're paid to do. Yeah. Um, but but at the same time, I still feel like that human review element right now at CapShare is actually really, really important yeah. just to make sure. Yeah, because
0: then that, that's why I asked that question, because it yep. needs to be right. People it needs are to be right. on this. People are relying on uh, it. Especially the waterfall stuff. Yep. Um, you know, I was, gonna, I was just on your point about lawyers and adoption. It's kind of what we, you know, the reason why Cruise Consulting is so successful is Vanessa... Realized the automation was actually our friend like yes. five years ago, right? Yes. In seeing Gusto and seeing Expensify, those are two p- running payroll and expense reports are two things that old school accounts used to do all the time, all the time. And she, I remember her coming home being like, this Gusto company is unbelievable. They have autopilot. You don't even have to run the payroll. It just runs automatically and Expensify does so much automatically as well. Yes. And I think in, in less kind of aware professionals, whether a lawyer or accountant, they avoid adopting a new technology. It actually makes your work so much more rewarding because you do the higher level stuff, yes. so much more interesting for everyone, yep. including like the staff accounts here, you're just entry level. And it makes your practice grow a lot faster. So I, I can, I'm sure the first lawyers, you can probably remember the first few that really adopted Capshare. Yes, absolutely. You probably saw them
1: growing their practice faster. Yes. It's gotta be nice, right? Yeah, like, it's so nice. Uh, is so interesting because, and, and lawyers are so interesting because they, Equity is uh, is unique in the sense that there are so many corner cases. I mean, it's it's very easy. Just like many things, there's definitely an eighty twenty rule. Yeah, but the eighty ah, twenty, I mean. How to say this? I guess maybe it isn't 80 20 in equity. It feels maybe sometimes like it's more like 65 35 something. Like there are a lot of different edge cases. You know, this person wants to start out as an LLC and convert to a C Corp, or this person is a C Corp, but they have, you know, participating preferred with 2X liquidation preference because they're. they're, It's the
0: VC terms that like the different participating um, preferred or all the preferences. Yeah. that really. Really do throw a lot of curveball. That's why I was it actually is. surprised. I didn't know you guys are modeling mm-hmm. everything. Like, I think it's fantastic that you can do that. Yep. You must have, like, that must be a very sophisticated system because it's there are so many corner cases. There are. And then you introduce venture debt
1: and preferences that way,
0: <laughs> and it gets really. Freaking crazy. Yeah. yeah.
1: And then like, then you do something like a stock split or so, oh, or, or, yeah. or heaven forbid, you know, uh, like, a, you know, anti-dilution provision kicks in. I mean, it gets really hairy. And do you guys have the
0: anti-dilution stuff automated We do, too?
1: It's, but it's not 100% automated. Yeah. So so the way our anti-dilution stuff works is, you know, if you, the way anti-dilution Maybe works. Maybe explain that to the audience Yeah, too. and this yeah. is kind of, let's geek out for just a second. Yeah. I mean, anti-dilution is weird. What it basically does is it adjusts the, so every preferred class has a has a ratio at which it can convert to common generally speaking again there's an 80 20 around this because i'm sure there are preferred classes that don't have this floating out there somewhere but most Most, of them that you're going to be raising around where you're raising around from kind of a general vc they're going to put in some conversion rate on their on their preferred that allows it to at its election like in an ipo uh, say, hey, you know, my one share of preferred is worth one share of common. Yep. Um, when, when you go through a dilutive financing, those ratios change. Um, and the preferred generally, which has anti-dilution protection, that, that ratio will increase for them. So it will be like, hey – what used to be a one-to-one ratio, now I'm getting three to yeah. one. So it crushes common, which means it really hurts you as, uh, you know, miss, miss CEO or miss yeah. entrepreneur that found, just founded your company. So keep that in mind. The VCs um,
0: do that because if you do a down round, that's when anti-dilution usually kicks in. Yes. And it's basically saying like, hey, I'm paying a certain price. You know, maybe it's a $50 million valuation, whatever it is. If you're going to do another round later that's below that price, right. I want my capital protected. I that's don't want correct. to take I don't want to take any of the pain.
1: That's exactly and so right.
0: entrepreneurs are signing up for this. And in markets like now where things are pretty much up and to the right, all valuations are going up. It's totally fine. Totally fine. But when you have a recession, the stuff really kicks in yeah, and, it and it's band. very,
1: very painful. It's very painful. And uh, you know, and 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 I guess just tying that back out to the, kind yeah. of the calculations, you know. So I mean, again, that's probably fairly boring uh, stuff, but the, 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 the audience listens
0: is pretty nerdy. So yeah, you're good. No, so if they're nerdy,
1: then great because yeah. they'll like this. And and one of the crazy things that happens is. Um, so some of these there's there's a couple of different kinds of what are called ratchets, which if you think about a ratchet wrench or the leverage of a ratchet wrench, you know, think about it, that that refers to the ratio of preferred to common. And so as you ratchet that ratio up and, you, you know, the preferred is getting more and more shares of common, which in an anti dilutive in an anti dilutive sense or in a dilutive financing, they will get more and more shares of common. For, for that dilutive financing. Yeah. And so that dilutes common even more. So, what happens though is, and this is crazy, um, and I can go into this in more detail later, but the basic idea is there are some financing rounds where there's not enough, uh, there's literally not, they can't issue enough stock to make themselves whole. It's a circular reference. Yeah, basically. it's circular, and yeah. there, there's literally not enough, it's, it's a mathematical impossibility. Yeah. And so for, for those reasons, those tend to just devolve into a bit of a negotiated experience yeah. where it's like, hey, we, we kind of capped out at giving ourselves 20 shares to one yeah. or something. I mean, heaven forbid any of our any of your listeners or our entrepreneurs that end up in this situation. It stinks. Yeah. But yeah, it, it can cap out. And that's one of the reasons why we don't, we don't have like a push button around a dilutive financing because it involves some circular reasoning. It often is a negotiated thing anyway between the entrepreneurs and the investors. And because it's negotiated, it, that that means it can't be automated on our side, yeah. but we do make it crazy easy in the sense that we just adjust the conversion ratios to whatever is ended, whatever well, you end up agreeing on, and then Capture yeah, does the rest. That's awesome. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. you, you created a really awesome product here. Um, how important do you think the freemium model is to you? Like, yeah, I just think that's like it's so smart because. You know, there's all these people out there. I want to just test it out, and 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 I always have been trying to think like, how does Cruise Consulting do something like on a freemium? And we've never been able to figure it out because yes. so much of our stuff is service. Yes, but like you must see like this huge, massive influx of customers. Yeah, just trying it out, just seeing it's it's like a free free try. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, I
1: mean, well, thank you so much. Yeah. It's very kind of you to say. Um, you know, we we kind of have this a similar mindset. I will I will offer a pretty big word of warning around around freemium. You know, I mean, it's it's a wheat to chaff kind of ratio show thing and um, you need to have a
0: high enough conversion rate and basically. you gotta
1: have a high enough conversion rate so to be honest with you i think we're it's we're still experimenting with that um i mean i i, I don't see us changing our model at all so don't don't worry about that yeah. but i but I, I don't think i do think you know you've got to dial it in and I, it's not a it's not a sure win. so any SaaS company that's listening to me and wants yeah. to email me i'd actually i'd actually happily share some data i'm, th- I'm thinking about a post around this Happily share some data to help you out, but definitely not a sure win, right? I mean, like it, it really depends on a number of different factors. I mean, we have over ten thousand companies on CapShare. Wow! Wow! Um, I could share that piece of data. I won't share how many are paying, but it's a very, it's a significant uh, number as well, very yeah. high. But, um, but I will say that uh, you know, of those ten thousand companies, a, a very large percentage as well are not going to be, um, are not probably not going to convert. To, to paid and yeah. so that's it's important to keep that in mind.
0: Do you, how do you deal with like the customer support on that? Like, is it does it overwhelm your team or is it email only? And or? that's
1: and that's a great. Yeah. That is exactly one of the things I will talk to you about yeah. any CEO <laughs> who, who contacts me. But um, you know we're we're also a very bootstrapped organization. I mean, unlike a lot of our competitors, um, we're cash flow positive, and so, that's which is amazing. which is amazing. huge. Good for you. Yeah, thank you. Um, and it's it's not an easy thing to do in SaaS, especially in a competitive. environment environment um so we're quite proud of that part of that has been making some choices around how we're going to support folks i think we do a really good job of it but you definitely have to make some hard trade-offs i mean yeah. if you're you can't you know um you just kind of can't do everything be everything to everybody so we've had, had to make some trade-off conversations
0: i can empathize because we have the uh we have it happens all the time actually people call us and they're like i need to, i need you to ask, i need you to answer a tax question for yes. me." and we're like well you're you're thank you. Nice to meet you, but you're not actually a client. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. And they're like, no, 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 You need, you know, and it's like, there's a slight entitlement for people. So I, and I assume if it's a, if they're using the service is even a little bit,
1: stronger. Yeah, it's true. but you just
0: have to be very polite and yes. navigate it yeah. and
1: you know, let them,
0: yeah, let meeting, them find their own answers. I think sometimes it's so
1: true. I was meeting with a lawyer yesterday and he totally cracked me up. He said, you know, we offer the highest value product at the lowest price and in the fastest time <laughs> but we can only do two of those at any given time so two out of you pick two of the three and I was like you know that's, that's a pretty interesting statement for just business in general I yeah. mean you got like speed price and kind of quality and generally speaking you know you can't do all three of those things yeah. to the max right yeah. so you've got to pick kind of two of those and, and you can potentially in di- with different packages at different times you can offer two of the three but yeah you, you know we, we found that too like CapShare uh, given given the the landscape we compete in and some other things, we've tried to stay like laser focused on what we think we can do yeah. well.
0: Yeah. But you know, the beauty of what you're doing, I think this applies to us too, is like you just get stronger every year, you get a mm-hmm. lot stronger and you have you see different pain points and you can start addressing those pain points and yes. I, I'm really excited. It's been awesome to meet you because you're i I've heard about you so much and I've heard about the company so much, but cool. it's also just you kind of share the same values we share, which yeah. is which is really cool. Thanks, Scott. Um, it's yeah. been awesome to meet you too. Yeah. Oh, me too. Yeah, great um, to spend time. Do you want to just to kind of wrap up? Sure. Do you want to just maybe let people know where
1: they can find CapShare? Sure.
0: How they kind of you know engage you guys? Sure. And all that jazz.
1: Yeah, you bet. Um, so you can find us at www.capshare.com. That's C A P S H A R E, as in like cap table share. You know both representing the shares that we the can issue on the do. system, but also the fact that, yeah, exactly. but also uh, the fact that you can share your cap table a lot easier. Yeah. Um, so capture.com. Um, obviously you can chat in with us. Um, we use intercom. We love it. So, you know, you, we generally have like sub one minute response times. If you wow. want to chat, you can call us. There's a contact information on the site as well. If you prefer that, But yeah, and I mean, I mean, one thing, you know, again, we believe in that kind of SaaS mantra of, you know, you can also try before you buy if you want to and, you know, give us a call. We have plenty of customers that kind of chat in with some arcane question about equity don't actually convert to a customer. And then a couple months later, come back. Yeah. So, we see that all the time. Yeah,
0: But I also think the try before you buy is awesome. Because we always say that one of our biggest challenges is people don't know what good accounting looks like. Yes. So then when we show it to them, they're like, Holy cow. That's what <laughs> wow. I, want, you know? We've been and I but I think cap table manager the same way. It's yeah. like, People are used to these like kind of shoddy Excel sheets, yes. and and maybe the numbers are right, and maybe they're not, and no one really knows, and only you only find out when it's super important and right. you're doing it around. And so having it in the cloud and using you guys makes so much sense. So yeah. I I'm really glad that you're letting people kind of experience what it, what life can be on the yes. cap table management before yeah. they and and I'm sure most of them want to pay, and yeah. so it works out for both you guys. That's yeah, great. That's yeah. great. Cool.
1: Thank you so All much, right, Arjun. Thank you and, so much. Yeah, take care.
0: Great.